Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. So excited to be here with my sidekick, trusty sidekick, Tom present, Dorian. Present. Tommy, 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 do Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Don't tell him that story. Those fabled words. Please don't tell him that over story. Over the loudspeaker of your high school football Please don't game. tell him. That was great school. Great school. All right, yeah. well, you, it's, it's, you've grown a little bit since grade school. Quite <laughs> in many a bit. Ways, Quite a bit. Especially in your faith, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. Sharing your time and talent and treasure. Well, with thanks the Catholic for having Cafe. me, man. Well, we've got a great guest too. That we uh, every we're, now and then somebody big rolls into town. Yeah, he's not actually very big. He's actually kind of a small guy. Kind of famous though. Yeah. Well, you know what? Famous Shamamus. That's not what's important. Wow. What's important? What's important is that he loves Jesus. Absolutely. And he's going to share some of that with us. This is uh, Father John Ricardo. He's uh, pastor of Our Lady of Good Counsel in Plymouth, which is the Archdiocese of Detroit. There you go. Father Ricardo. Father hey, John. How are you? Great. Well, I, you know what? I'm great. Thanks for asking. No one's ever asked me that. Wow. It's amazing. Everyone's so worried and thinking about themselves and they're going to mess up on the radio or whatever. Does every guest sit in the middle of you two guys? Yes. Yeah, we do that on purpose. Yeah. So it's I feel like I'm watching you cannot get out. Right. You can't get out. <laughs> yeah, it's an intimidation. We've had some try to run. And so we we lock you into the booth. Lovely. Well, you we have a feeling you're not going to run. In fact, uh, we're so excited that you're here. And one of the things that I, I think we wanted to talk about, one of the reasons why it's great to have you here, is I want to talk about this sort of phenomenon that's kind of sweeping through the churches right now, or not sweeping through the churches right now, but something that I've, I've discovered for myself uh, that's been like a really cool movement. And something I think that you've been sort of using in, in your uh, parish, and it's something called Alpha. Uh, and uh, we just, I'm in the middle of doing an Alpha here um, at our parish that is, uh, it's, it's really neat. And the guys are just loving it. We're doing it for a, a men's group uh, that meets regularly here. Uh, we have something called St. Leo's Lunch, and we get a bunch of guys coming in at lunchtime. Well, we're doing the running this Alpha program. It's amazing how these guys are really just i don't know excited to have and have a relationship with jesus and then to share it with each other in these small groups it's it's powerful and yeah, they're eating it up now this is something that you're using there uh and you're using it to to great uh success i guess if you want to call people on fire for jesus successful would you call it that yeah i would call it successful <laughs> we've, we've used it for about two and a half years now um, we've brought maybe 2500 people through it roughly in two and a half years now um, I will, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I didn't want to do it. In fact, the first time I, I looked into it, well, and that's great. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Um, and it's like I thought, well, you know, I just I don't like programs. I don't want to. I don't want to put in a tape and then walk out of the room and then come back and say, "Do y'all understand?" Okay, good. We'll see you next week. Which I know that's not what Alpha is, but you know, essentially. We could talk about what Alpha... Give us a nutshell. What is Alpha? Well, let me tell you this first, if I can. So, Because I didn't want to do it either for two reasons. Um, one, I don't like programs that are canned. And two, it wasn't Catholic. Yeah. Uh, so it had been brought to me, I don't know, six years ago, maybe something like that. And Father John, Father John, you got to do this Alpha thing. Well, I knew the guy who ran it. Oh, So okay. he was hmm. he's a personal friend of mine. He's a deacon in the Catholic Church. And um, we'd done some men's conferences together and whatnot. He says, I think i got an awesome program for you here. Mm-hmm. He didn't call it a program because it's not... That's, right. that's really important, actually. 
But I found most programs say don't call it a program. Yeah, but <laughs> but this one really is not. Um, I was skeptical. That's why it's not a plug and play kind of thing. Anyway, I never even watched it when he brought it to me because I just wasn't interested because right. um, I like to teach and I, I'm Catholic, so okay. we just use Catholic things. Set of years go by, right? And it came back to us again, and uh, I, I think I can only say because of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we decided to give it a shot, hmm. and um, it's changed everything. Quite honestly, I mean, it's totally changed everything for us as a parish, and, and I think that here's the reason why I'd say it is because you guys are obviously deeply involved in uh, church life, so. If if the church is a patient and you're the physician, what's wrong with the patient? What's there. the crisis in the church? Lots of answers to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they got the right one, but what what do you think Ar- the crisis Ar- in the arguably church arguably dead? <laughs> okay, the patient's dead. Lifeless. Okay, I was just misguided uh, priorities or focus, lack of a relationship with Jesus. Okay, so and and. Maybe dead. I don't know. Yeah. Or half dead anyway. Um, Got to resuscitate it. Yeah. So, I mean, in my experience anyway, the crisis is people don't know Jesus. Right. Objectively, they've been meeting him over and over and over again in the Eucharist and right. the confession, whatever. But subjectively, they have no idea that that's happening. I mean, no idea that that's happening. That's why it's no big deal to miss mass, come late, leave early, mm-hmm. check out mm-hmm. after First oh, yeah. Communion, whatever. Because they've never encountered him. And so what we do in the church is we do, arguably, a decent job catechizing. That's arguable. Right. But we're horrible evangelists. Right. Introducing the person of Jesus. Is that what you mean by it? Yeah, really facilitating encounters. So you guys are both dads. So that's, that's actually your job. Right. Right? That's your job is to lead your children into an encounter or at least to live your lives in such a way that it's just kind of a no-brainer, Right. Yeah, the domestic church. That they would look at you and go, well, you know, I'm going to rebel now, but my dad's lived his life in such a way that it just makes sense to me that he's happier than I am. I'm going to do that, mm-hmm. maybe just not yet. Right. We've let the church take that role, the, the parish, I mean, mm-hmm. as opposed to the domestic church and the home. And so now they're coming to church, and Mass makes no sense if you don't right. know Jesus. So with, with that kind of an understanding... What we have found is that Alpha has been a remarkably effective tool to facilitate the encounter with Jesus, but then also uh, to do just like what we're doing right now. We're sitting around a table talking. Right. It, because our, the crisis, humanly, it seems to me, with a lot of people who are in our pews is they not only don't know Jesus, they don't have any friends. Yeah. Like real friends. Right. No, and that's a, and that's a powerful statement, and uh, it's very convicting because it's it's something that a lot of guys have, especially guys, yep. have the difficulty of like having other guys that they could ever say "I love you" to, so much so that uh, you know it was a big deal to have a beer commercial that you said "I love you" to the beer man, right? Because <laughs> that was like, and everyone would laugh because mm, guys don't say "I love you," right. and it has to be "I love you, man." Oh, yeah, exactly. It can't be "I love you," right? Yeah. Because that's too intimate. Back up a little bit, Father John. Right. You're getting a little too close. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my omelet here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're 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 exactly right. Now, how did you? Uh, so knowing this uh, this no thing, because I, I realize that myself in my life. It's so it's interesting that uh, when we're doing these uh, these lunches that I do, when I started talking at the very beginning, and I, I remember the very first one I did, I talked about know, believe, and live. That you, you you can't live something that you don't believe, and you can't believe something that you don't know. And to me, the no was really understanding all these teachings, understanding the context in which we live as Christians and what Jesus asked us to do specifically and how that's transformed over the last 
uh, like three years to where I've given a couple of uh, just really heartfelt talks that were really about me and understanding what the word no meant and realizing mm. for the first time that uh, when Jesus said, you know, at the end of time and people will cry, Lord, Lord, you know, say, I, I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a second. But didn't I pray this and say this? And didn't I go through this? I'd check those boxes and I got these sacraments and you didn't know me. And what is, so what does it mean to know Jesus, I guess we could spend a few minutes talking about that. That's John 17, right? I mean, so I ask people that all the time. Like, according to Jesus, salvation is what? Or eternal life is what? Who? I'll ask you. Ha ha. <laughs> Who is eternal life? According to Jesus in John chapter 17, huh? And this is eternal life, that they would fill in the blank. Know me. Yeah, know, know you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. See? Well taught. Thank you. But most people don't Thank know that. And, and, right. You know. Not trying to be funny, but most people don't know that. So what's knowledge there? Well, Adam knew Eve. That's the King James Version, right? Adam knew Eve, and boom, she bears Cain. Tom's not in his head because he heard all this. That's yeah. knowledge, right? Yeah. So knowledge is profound intimacy. It's yeah. not head knowledge. It's, it's deep experiential right. knowledge. And the people in the pews of their own admission will tell you, I don't have that. I don't know God. Yeah. I didn't even know you could pray. Right. I didn't know you could have a friendship with God. I thought I was just supposed to keep the rules. Yeah. Well, that's a surefire way to kill an organization. Oh, yeah. Well, so now you've seen Alpha to be this avenue or this potentiality, right, of getting to know Jesus in this context. And specifically, I think, well, let me ask you this. How did you get over the non-Catholic thing? I watched it. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we I just literally sat down with two other people. We we popped in all the DVDs because we were looking for something. We just felt like the Lord was pushing us towards this. That's the only way I can explain it. Sat down, watched it. I had tremendous skepticism, whatever. After about 10 minutes, I find myself pulling out a pen, writing things down. Then I'm, I'm listening to a comment made. I'm thinking, well, that was a pretty good way of saying that. This guy's actually, he's not only really good, what he's saying is really impacting mm-hmm. me. And I've been doing this for a long time. Hmm. Uh, I don't, we didn't even finish watching them all, we, but we, we watched maybe five of them, I think, um, five of the talks, which handle everything from, you know, is Christianity relevant today to who is Jesus, uh, to how do you pray, why is there evil, um, you know, meaningful questions that no one's talking about, right. but everybody's wanting to know answers to. And we just uh, we made a decision kind of like on the spot. We're going to cancel everything we do in the parish, and we're just going to do this. Now, see, we're going to stop you there because that's radical. Yeah. You're a, you're a radical. You're like Jesus. Jesus was a radical, right? I'm not, you're not going to say you're not going to admit you were like Jesus. I'm nothing Jesus. like Jesus. I know. But I, I knew am. that was coming. <laughs> but but, but understand, radical. I think that that's not something that i got to tell you. Uh, and we did talk about uh, Father Malin's book, Divine Renovation, on the show uh, before and how it's just it's it's really hard to turn this big ship on a dime mm-hmm. right it's just like we've been going down this path for maybe a hundred years just like this and for you to say that we're just we're going to stop doing all this stuff and we're going to start doing this that's pretty that's pretty intense did was that well received in the parish you know i i had been at the parish maybe five or six years when we started doing this so um by that point most of the people who don't like me had left <laughs> Um, so the folks who'd stayed, you know, either didn't care, they weren't going to come to anything, or they had some degree of trust, I think. So there was pushback until people saw it and began to experience it. But we wanted to eliminate every excuse somebody could have for not coming. Mm-hmm. So if you, 
if you do this as one of many events, it won't. It's not going to have an impact. But if you say, "Hey, we're we've prayed and discerned where it is that we think the Lord is asking us to go right now. Where He's asking us to go is to get closer to Him and closer to each other." And we think this is the best thing we've found, and we do it well. It's got tremendous potential. And again, overnight, it transformed our parish from being very much focused on the people in the pews to all of a sudden, not only them, but now we have a tool to reach the people who don't know Jesus and who I can't invite to church. Right. That is awesome. That is so awesome. And uh, we have so much more to talk about. We're here with Father John Ricardo, Our Lady of Good Counsel in Plymouth, the Archdiocese of Detroit. We're so excited to hear about Alpha. We've got more to talk about there. But we've prayed, and the Lord has told us where we need to go, and that is to a break briefly. And we're going to come right back. And Please stay with us. Uh, we're going to talk more about what Alpha is and really what it's feeding and, and what it's helping to do to, uh, to the church here on earth. Uh, with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. How do we determine that we are following God's will? Perhaps if it is virtuous, then God wants us to do it. But if it is a pious, good, and virtuous act, is that enough to tell us that God has willed it to be done, and it is what he wants for us? This can get tricky. But St. Ignatius of Loyola can help. St. Ignatius of Loyola was a Spanish saint born in the late 15th century who became the principal founder and the first superior general of the Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits. St. Ignatius devised a simple test for determining God's will in our lives. He tells us that we must look at the fruits of what we are doing. That will tell us whether or not God willed it to be done. If it has good fruits peace, harmony, and happiness, then it is more likely that we are following the will of God. If it has bad fruits, discord, pain, and disharmony, then it is more likely that we are not properly discerning God's will in our lives. A man wakes at 4 a.m. every day and spends four hours in prayer, which would ordinarily be viewed as a virtuous act. But if he is married, he may encounter a wife who becomes angered by the fact that he is no longer helping her get the household ready for the day, making breakfast and bathing and dressing the children. St. Ignatius would tell us that because of the bad fruits of his morning ritual, the upset wife, the disharmony in the household, the man might be being influenced by the evil one, Satan, who often comes to us in the guise of light. St. Ignatius would suggest that if the same man prayed the same amount, but at times of the day more in accord with his family's schedule, the fruits might very well include a more harmonious household and a happier wife. Thus, St. Ignatius would tell us that this was truly following the will of God. So often in our daily lives, we need affirmation that the road we have chosen was indeed the one that God had intended us to take. While the world may tell us one thing about the choices we make, the fruits of those choices cannot lie. We need only to take the time to examine our actions and their results to determine if God was truly served in carrying them out. Because of his life dedicated to the good fruits of a faith-filled life in Christ, St. Ignatius was canonized a saint in the year 1622. His feast day is July 31st. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Tom Dorney and I are sitting here talking to Father John Ricardo of Our Lady of Good Counsel up in the Michigan area in Plymouth. So it's so good to have you here, Father John, and we're talking about Alpha. And during our break, Tom started asking a good question. And you stopped me. I know, because I wanted to hear the answer. So you said said it changed the parish overnight. Yeah, it really did. That quickly? Yeah, I, I really think it did. I did it. Or we did it, I should say, primarily because of uh, what I mentioned earlier, that we thought that the crisis is people don't have the vertical relationship in place, which is they really don't know Jesus. What I wasn't expecting was how profound what we're doing right now around this table was going to be for people because of the crisis of friendship, again, that people have. And so Alpha follows a particular model. The model is food, fellowship, a talk, which could either be live or it could be on a, mm-hmm. on a DVD, and then discussion only if you want to be a part of the discussion. This thing right now that we're doing, this sitting around a table with you know meals being brought all around us, that's human life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where interaction happens. You know, I mean, this is where people build relationships. Walls come down. You can get vulnerable. It's, I, I think it's extremely significant that God becomes man and, and does so in a Middle Eastern culture where it takes three hours to eat a meal. Yeah, but that's that's significant because what do you do? I mean, food's about fellowship. It's not about replenishing the, yeah. the body with fuel. So I wasn't expecting the horizontal dimension to change as quickly as it did. Hmm. And because that changed as quickly as it did, and because Alpha is for everybody, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a priest of 20 years, and I get a lot out of it every time I right. listen to it. It reaches people who are in the pews, who've been sacramentalized but not evangelized. They get something out of it. They're thinking, wow, I never heard this. I want to go, yeah, you did. You've been hearing this for the last, (laughs) you know, 52 weeks in the year. We preach this all the time, but they don't. But it's also something, because it's of the kind of style that it is, that you can invite somebody who's never heard the gospel to it. So, again, why it changes us overnight is you meet somebody who doesn't go to church. So I, I run into you at a coffee shop, whatever. I invite you to, you know, you express an interest in Catholicism. What am I going to bring you to? Mass. Mass, I mean, that's, that's and what, you're not going to get it. Right. And, oh, by the way, you can't come up for communion. But yeah. don't worry. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we do with everybody. So they, they, they feel kind of left out, excluded. And the Mass presupposes that you've encountered Jesus, more or less. Or I can say, we got RCIA, but... Oh, gosh, it's a bummer. It's uh, February, and right. we're, we're two-thirds of the way through, so can you hang on till September? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great way to you know kill a potential <laughs> opportunity to draw somebody into an encounter. So we've got this tool now that we use almost all throughout the year, and then that feeds people into RCA or it rejuvenates their faith. I can't tell you how many people have come back to confession because they went to Alpha. Hmm. Because that's one of the hang-ups that people have is, oh, it's not, it's not Catholic. And it's interesting that it's essentially, quote-unquote, not a Catholic program. So why would that want you to go back to confession? But you're saying that it's essentially that you are realigning that vertical, horizontal relationships makes sense and vice versa. So that once you get that thing right, then all of a sudden you're starting going, well, this is what's missing in my life. And this calls me to essentially, if I'm Catholic, to be to be more Catholic. Yeah, I mean, we have this whole deposit of faith in the church, right? But it's almost like there's this block that you've got to get through before I can give somebody that. And the block is you have to meet Jesus. Yeah. So once I've met him, now my heart's softened. Now I'm predisposed to run to repent and go to confession because I want grace. I want all these things that I've been hearing about, which didn't make sense until I met him. Now I met him, and now i got people to walk with, and I'm in. Right. 
So we've had huge numbers of people come back to confession. We've, we've had you know, a significant percentage of people who would say that they would have, quote-unquote, a life-changing encounter with the person of Jesus. That's awesome. Life-changing. I was going this way, now I'm going that way. Why? Because of this tool, and it's just a tool. It isn't a program. And then it opens up opportunities for us afterwards yeah, I was gonna say, where, to go deep. Where do they go next? What happens? So you, you go through this, this, uh, this time of Alpha, and really for some it's a very, very profound experience, and they really get a sense of what it means to know Jesus, and they can come to know Jesus in, the, in community and in, in knowing the, with, the, with the other people gathered around their table with them and find out that they're also not alone and they're not in the way they feel and the way they think. And so those are pr- profound things. And so, uh, you know, there's always this worry that you charge people up and you get them all excited and then you kind of cut them loose. What are you, you going to do or how do you deal with that? It, like in, in your particular situation in your parish. Well, we, when they were going through Alpha, so even though we were doing this seven days a week and we ran 10 sessions of it, so we had 1,000 people in the parish going through it at once. You really did invest everything into this. Oh, we did. Yeah, we had choir oh. and Alpha. That's about and it. how you big know? is your parish again? About 3,500 families. Okay. So, uh, but even for the people who won't, weren't going to the course, we preached on the topic that weekend at Mass. So, for the, whether you were an Alpha or not, the whole parish went through it kind of on retreat. Hmm. Then afterwards, um, we kind of created this little five, six, seven-week follow-up for those who had gone through it who wanted more, um, what we called it doesn't matter anymore because we shouldn't call it that, but um, <laughs> we called it Alpha 201, which you shouldn't do because yeah. Alpha is Alpha, right? But so it was an opportunity to say, okay, that's the alpha. What's the omega? Right. What's the end? So I think the end, according to Scripture, is the end is sanctification. I mean, the end is holiness. Mm-hmm. So we looked at, so what are the blocks that most of us have to holiness? So we looked at, you know, forgiveness, fear, anxiety, um, greed, you know, a whole set of different things. And then we, um, then we did some series preaching at Mass, like, okay, so we encountered Jesus in Alpha. Now, now let's talk about how we encounter him in baptism, communion, confession, marriage. So we did this series on the sacraments, which before, I mean, maybe it would have been effective, but it would have been as effective because, again, it would have been trying to teach those who hadn't encountered him. Right. But now you've got this huge opportunity to explain more of the deposit of faith, which now has a way to fit in. Well, and so because I've met him. It's got a context and a foundation as well. Because right. all those things are, you can know about things and you can, you can memorize, you can do all kinds of stuff. But it doesn't really have any kind of profound effect until you actually have it in a relational sense. Like, what is this going to cause me to do and who is this going to cause me to know and how is that going to transform me? Because... I mean, essentially, right. knowing Jesus is supposed to transform you, right? It's supposed to. And in my own life, years and years and years as a Catholic, I wasn't transformed. I don't know that I believed or knew and consequently fell away from the faith yep, for too. a period of time. And I had a sort of a born-again, a very Protestant experience of asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And only then did I understand to have a real relationship with him, to know him. And I'm not saying it was because the Catholics weren't right. It's because I just didn't understand what the church wanted me to understand. And maybe there was some poor catechesis, poor training, poor teaching. Or maybe we weren't listening. Well, there's a lot case, of that. Yeah, yeah there was a, so there's a lot of that. But the reality is, no matter how I got there, the, the thing was, it, what was missing in my life was realizing that I had a big hole in my heart that was like this so big. And no matter what I crammed into it, it wouldn't fill it. Right. And I realized that could only be filled by Jesus. Right. A, a personal relationship with him. 
And so that's why I think this alpha thing is so cool because essentially it's what it builds, doesn't it? A, a relationship with him. Yeah, and then it creates an opportunity to come up with an entirely new way of trying to be a, a Catholic church today. That's what we're trying to do at, at um, Good Council, and I know a lot of places are doing trying to do something similar. So we're we're a large parish, and you can't care for a large parish with three priests. It's just not doable. So you, the old way of doing things can't sustain itself. Right. We're going to get the same results. So we're trying to kind of play with these things that we call discipleship groups, which are people who've gone through Alpha, or maybe they've just had you know, experience of Jesus through a Crescio or Life right. in the Spirit seminar, whatever it was. They want to stay together. They want to walk in community with each other. But, but we don't want them to be small groups because that's too ambiguous. Right. We want them to be discipleship groups. Because that's a that's got a clarity of focus and an intentionality behind it. So we're gonna, you know, create content, find content, do anything we can to continue to take people from an encounter with Jesus to grow as his disciples so as to be able to give a credible witness. Which if you stop and look, that's exactly what we read about in the New Testament. It's what Jesus did, right? We encountered him. He showed up as a as you know, took on flesh. God takes on flesh, encounters us, teaches us and tells us things. And, and helps us understand his love for us and then sends us out, right? So that's exactly what uh, what you guys are living out. Pretty good precedent. Yeah, you, you can't really go wrong if you're following the master. The master, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's very good. So you have uh, this, this great love for Alpha, which really is born out of a great love for Jesus. And I guess a lot of it also is, you know, people have somebody to look to uh, as a pastor. One of your great responsibilities, whether you want it or not, is that people are watching you. And so if they see a man that loves Jesus, they're going to essentially see Jesus. And so in persona, Christi takes on this great new meaning as a priest. Uh, and it's so powerful. So I guess I'm speaking to the priests and the deacons and the people who have been doing things the same way for 50 years or 60 years or whatever. Maybe we should look at some of these ideas and ways to sort of, as Jesus was a radical, to realize that there are some radical ways in which we can, we can show hospitality and love and mercy uh, in our faith. There's a, a great commentary on uh, the Gospel of Matthew and in, in it uh, commenting on the passage when Jesus comes down the mountain and he sees the crowds and they're like sheep without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, Literally, they've been mm-hmm. mangled and cast aside. Uh, and then he begins to teach them. And the commentary just makes this uh, observation. It's as if Jesus is asking the apostles a question. And the question is this. Do you see what I see as I see it? Mm. Or are you going through the motions? Yeah. And so I have that as a reminder on my phone. It goes off every day, almost every hour. And, and I think that's the challenge for us working in the church right now is are we really trying to look with the Lord's eyes with what we're doing? Are we willing to be courageous? Are we willing to be stupid? Are we willing to be bold? Are we willing to throw everything in with him? Or are we just going through the motions? Because if we're just going through the motions, no one's going to get caught. Mm-hmm. Profound. Father Ricardo, thank you so much for joining us here in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. We want to have you back again sometime soon if the food wasn't too bad. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, the food that you provided here was actually uh, very uh, nutritious and delicious. I'll say it that way. My joy. Thanks for having me. You want to lead us in prayer? I'd love to. How about if I ask the intercession of uh, my patroness in a special way? So through the intercession of Our Lady of Good Counsel and St. Maximilian Colby, who's the patron of radio, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. 
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.